Hello, fellow kids, and welcome to episode 60 of Hello, Fellow Kids. 60? Yeah. I thought we already had 60. Um, not according to my podcast app. Okay. This is our first episode in a few months, so I apologize if we're a little rusty. We don't talk to each other. That's not true. We see each other like four days a week. Yeah. <laughs> we decided that uh, since the spooky episodes are some of our favorites, uh, that we wanted to do a little little Halloween check-in. And we read a graphic novel called The Accursed Vampire by Madeline McGrain. It's pretty spooky. Yeah, uh, I'd seen the little character Dragoslava all over Tumblr. And um, I always had the little character in the back of my head. And then uh, I was in um, Barnes and Noble. And I was like, I, I know that little face. <laughs> and just bought the book right there on the spot. So um, I think Madeline, Madeline McGrain, the author, had the characters first. Didn't have a story yet. Or like maybe had a vague idea of where the story was. And kind of worked on that for years. So they started out with uh, the three little vampire kids. There's Dragoslava, that's like probably the most famous one that everyone has seen, is our little non-binary accursed vampire, the titular vampire. And then there is a little, he was Roman. Then I guess they're just like citizens of the world now. <laughs> but um a little Roman boy named Quintus, and then I'm completely blanking on the third kid because we didn't really get a uh, origin. St- we get a little bit of one, but uh, that those two don't seem as close as Quintus and Dragoslava. Sh- she's got chicken feet, though. She does. She has. She has like a Baba Yaga house chicken feet. Okay, yeah. it's Esli. Yes. She likes bugs. She likes bugs and lizards and other small scary creatures. <laughs> yeah, and she's got a real cute moth in that picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think they, like, they meet her and they're like, why do you have chicken feet? And she doesn't really explain it. She's like, why don't you have hair? She's like, touche, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and Esli kind of has more of a um, combative relationship with Dragoslava, which uh, they seem kind of rough to kind of be around. Like... <laughs> I think I'd get frustrated with them too, but little, little, our little buddy has been through a lot as we will discover as we get more into this book. Um, is it obvious I haven't taken notes? Uh, that's, you know, me either. Um, that's okay though, cause like, I mean, it has a story, but I think that the strongest parts are just like the little character moments of just like, them just being little goober kids. They're just really cute. Um, the art is very much the like, the like Cal art style that really erupted after like Adventure Time. Yeah, it's very much in in that wheelhouse, just maybe a little bit more like doodly. It reminds me of the Witch Boy too. Yeah, but like Drago is intentionally drawn with very few details to, to really just emphasize the like 
it's just that I don't know. It's it's just a very like memeable face because of how little yes. expression it has most of the time. <laughs> it's like this round Nosferatu. Yeah. This short, short and round Nos Nosferatu. Yeah. I always want to say Nos, but I think it's actually supposed to be Nos. It's it's German Nosferatu Nosferatu. I don't know. I'm not even a hundred percent how to pronounce most of these. Na- well, I mean, Estli and uh, Dragoslava are like the ones I struggle with, but Quintus, that's like okay, that's I can say that. And then like the one I really struggle with, Sarah. That's a pretty hard one. I've never met anyone with that name. No, it's it's very made up. All names are made up. This whole thing is made up. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So yeah, it's a, it's a little graphic novel about three little vampire kiddos, and one of them is... Drago's been like an errand person for uh, this witch for a very long time, and uh, their current little quest is to recover a grimoire. And it's about the people they meet along the way and Drago kind of figuring out what's really important to them as opposed to what they've been doing kind of without questioning for a long time now. It also has a a sequel that I think came out at the end of last year. So there's more adventures of this this little little friend if if you're the sort of person who enjoys this. Um, And I'm the sort of person who enjoys this. Yeah, I, I I was like, I'll get the second one. I was pretty stoked about it. I mean, like, I stopped in my tracks in the middle of a store and gasped and then picked the book up. So, yeah, I probably am going to get the sequel. <laughs> I, I I brought this home and I was like, this is what I'm going to read for the podcast. And my girlfriend was like, I need to read it. So then she ended up reading it uh, before I did. So, yeah, I swear there's something to that little character design yeah. for I think Great. you're totally right of just the simplicity. Yeah. The less is yeah. more really, really works for them. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you want to talk about the story a little bit? Sure. So our little buddies are hanging out in the graveyard. They're about to go to bed. They go to sleep in um, a mausoleum. And I like that the um, mausoleum says, I will rise, like right over the door. <laughs> it's like, no kidding, they will. And um, that's when this uh, crow shows up and kind of barfs out a cell phone. <laughs> and it's um, the witch that uh, Josh mentioned that um, Dra- Dragoslava is, uh, I, I don't know, is it like unpaid servitude or something? I don't think they get anything from the witch, but they kind of are. It, it's... Uh, well, we see pretty quickly that it's um, a pretty adversarial relationship. They, they, they're not buddies the way that Dragoslava and the two vampire kids are buddies. But they, yeah, uh, they get the mission to find the grimoire. And um, we get some backstory on why the witch is even in their lives. And <laughs> it's great because Dragoslava would pull like the whole like, I'm just a poor kid who's starving. And the witch was pulling the whole, the whole like, oh, I'm just an old lady who needs help. And Dragoslava's like, I'm hungry. And just like drains her dry and then goes to the house that turns out to belong to the lady and just like kind of takes over 
and it, and the like the witch shows up and it was like you dra- drain me dry and then you just make yourself at home in my house like that is so crummy and then like curses you know like uh i do we know for sure if a curse actually happened or was it just bs from the start do you think uh i think that it was mostly psychological i i don't think she actually had to use a whole lot of magic on them I think they just really uh, really had a lot of insecurities that she was able to kind of mine for her own benefit. Yeah, and said that you have to perform any task that I give to you, or all your flesh will turn into crawling worms, which turns into, like, this lifelong phobia of, like, bugs and worms and stuff from this trauma. And they were just this round little kid, and I just felt so sad. And I'm like, oh... Like, they did a crummy thing, but, like, don't be mean to this poor... I'm just looking at the <laughs> illustration of, like, the pressing the hands, like, horrified the, the little face. And I'm just like, oh, don't don't be mean. <laughs> Let them drain your blood. <laughs> so, um, now they gotta figure out where it, where it is. Or I think they're... Are they given... I'm sort of just... I, I read this a few days ago, and I, and I, I read it... I think I read it too quickly. They're they're told uh the like the name of the town and so they like, yeah. hop a train and a boat and stuff and head on over. There's a cute little yeah, panel so... of them hitching a ride in the back of a pickup that's full of pumpkins and it's just their little faces poking out like three additional pumpkins and they just have this very blank kind of like smile of I'm not sure what's going on but I'm okay with it. I liked them in the dumpster waiting out the daylight. Yeah, inside the dumpster. <laughs> and Dragoslav was like scowling and looking at a map of Ohio, which I think is an appropriate response to Ohio. <laughs> and, um, and you see them on the bus and like this guy kind of has his head tilted toward the window and it looks like two bites on his neck. So it's like you're draining people on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> they got hungry. It was a, it was a long ride. And when I just look at the illustration and like this person on the bus is reading a book and it just says horse. That's my favorite novel. Purposely not wanted us to read any books for this podcast that has horse horses in it. Because that's such a like stereotype of children's literature. Oh, yeah. So there's always a horse involved. So they turn up in the city or the, the city that it's clearly a town. It's not a city. They show up and uh, it's right at Halloween. So everybody's all like, I love your costumes. And they're just like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, we're in costume. And they even go trick or treating, even though they don't really want to eat the candy. <laughs> so when like bullies hassle them, they're just like, I guess you can have this. I don't care. You know? And it seems like every really tiny little kid they encounter doesn't like them because like the little kid like sticks their tongue at them. It happens twice. Yeah. Both the the kids can tell. Yeah, they're just like, you're not real kids, you're gross. And like stick their tongues out. But um they um they're kind of looking around like okay, where would the grimoire be? Like, like as fun as trick-or-treating is and all that, like where would the grimoire be? And they see this like straight out of like central casting Victorian spooky type house that looks just like the psycho house. And they're like, Yeah, it's probably in there. But then, like, the door's opened by, like, they're like, oh, no, it's, like, a vampire, but it's, like, a grown-up vampire. And she's all, like, get out. You know, she, like, knows right away that they're vampires. And 
threatens them that they, you know, we can only have like one vampire around here, which I think makes sense. I think that would be how it would be if vampires were around. Yeah, too many vampires and people will start to notice. Yeah. Oh, right. There's like, wow, there's a lot of missing people. <laughs> when we find them, they're completely drained of blood. What's that about? And there's like leeches. There's giant leeches everywhere. <laughs> so she's like being scary and like, get out of here. Things are going to get garlicky if you stick around. And then like her girlfriend, Aisha, comes out and is all like, you guys cute. Do you want candy? And she's just like, she's a cinnamon roll. Is is what Aisha is. It's like, oh, they're vampires. They're like you, but they're little. And Yeah, the page of her <laughs> picking up Drago and then slowly setting them down like by their arms is like the funniest thing. Holding them up and then the... the, the Especially when you consider the fact that Drago's like close to 600 years old. They're just like... They're just so, so, yes. so wee. <laughs> I imagine their voice sounding like you remember Dexter's Laboratory? Yes. That's exactly the voice I pictured. <laughs> Do not pick me up. <laughs> Put me down. <laughs> Any, anybody who hasn't seen um, Dexter's Laboratory, look it up now. The voice of Dexter was, gosh, what was her name? She did the voice of Chucky on Rugrats as well. And she also did the voice of Oblina on uh, Real Monsters. So she was kind of like all over my childhood. And I feel yeah. bad for blanking on her name, especially because she passed uh, just a few years ago. She's I, uh, And I was like, no, when I found out. You want to say Christine? Yeah, it's Christine Cavanaugh. Christine Cavanaugh, that's it. Yeah. I couldn't remember the last name, but I was thinking, yeah, she, thinking Christine. She passed away in 2014. Yeah. Wow, that that's fairly recent to me, and it's like nine years ago. She was only fifty-one. That's so sad. Yeah, yeah, but she had such an iconic voice. Oh yeah, it was, it was really a really great voice. Anyway, yeah, I I was picturing, I was imagine, I was reading all of um, Drago's lines in that voice, <laughs> and I think that's perfect because. She she voiced like every other every kind of kid, so like that, that would just I would suit this perfectly, and I hate that she's gone. Hmm. Um, and we get some. Uh, it seems like the only kid who really has like Quintus's mom is still like in the picture. They they don't live together anymore because like the kid's like thousands of years old at this point, but still has a mom and has like a good relationship with her so that's kind of nice i was intrigued though that when we get like the chapter introduction to quintus there's like a tapestry picture or whatever of him and his mom and then his dad's in the picture but it's partially ripped yeah so we don't see the dad's face i was intrigued by that i was like oh sequel bait <laughs> sequel bait yeah <laughs> I I, was, I want to find out what's going on with that because I also have daddy issues. But um, the kids end up like spending the uh, uh spending the night in um the town is too small to have like a fancy fancy mausoleum, so there's just like a shed next to the graveyard that <laughs> that they're in, and I love that kind of realism because I've never I don't think I've ever seen a mausoleum like Josh and I both have lived in suburbia like our whole lives. 
So any graveyard we have seen, it's all just like just graves, you know? Yeah. I haven't seen any like fancy. There are a couple like larger, like, um, like more monument style ones, but I don't like one that you could like walk into. Like those are that that's not our area. No, there might be some in Seattle, like, but not not where we live. Oh, I, I, I always feel like, like it's a... kind of like an old money thing, and it's hard to have old money comparatively on like the West Coast. I was thinking it's more of an East Coast thing. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, they would have would would they have been more likely to do that because everybody died of TB back then, right? So like they'd want a whole lot of space to put everybody. Right. <laughs> chances are, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's just not really done over here, so I'm always like intrigued when I see the the mausoleums. But anyway, they kind of check out the town, and they find um they find uh Sarah the vampire at her job where she's a waitress. I guess at a diner that's open all night. Um, and um Sarah's coworker is like super nice to them and is all like do you guys want something to eat and they're like not really because she offers them garlic bread and and they're like we're not hungry while like side eyeing her and um they make up the lie that like sarah's their aunt you know because they all look so similar to her (laughs) and they were definitely all on the same page when they came up with that yeah (laughs) <laughs> and then she gives them like paper and pens to like draw. So that's kind of cute. And they end up going home with Sarah at the end of her shift. And they're just like, Hey, uh, we want to learn magic. And she's in, um, Aisha already does like teach magic. So she's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And she invites them to stay in, in the house so they don't have to go back to the shed. While and, we're, um, it's not specific to any point in the story so far. It's just uh, something I want to comment about the art, specifically how it's colored is like, it looks to me like it's just very flat tone digital coloring, but there are a couple of spots that make it look like there's like a hand coloring element to it. Like uh, there are a couple of spots where like on page 59, cause that's about where we are right now. Um, on one of the green panels, they're like, there's like splotches that look like like droplets, like almost like a watercolor staining oh. to me. And and there's also some spots where she uses a uh, like a green kind of highlighter marker style. Um, there's some panels right at the start of the story that use that, and then a couple later that like I would love to see the process if she does some of it by hand and then scans it in and then digitizes the rest, or if she actually has a way to get to digitally recreate some of those like hand-done methods. I don't know, it's just, it, there's just a couple of spots where I'm like, there's more going on here in the process than I expected. So, I don't know, just interesting. When you noticed that, was it also in, like, the flashback? Because I wonder if that was something she implemented the, just for flashback the scenes. green marker thing, I... She uses it when uh, right at the start when Drago's on the phone and so it's not a flashback it's just their background when they're on the phone well there's green also in the flashback yes but it's not a solid green that that's what I'm saying it's like it's these like it, it's mm. these little like marker stripes 
and you can like see where they overlap and get darker on each other and that's the part that looks very like hand done to me so that's the part i thought was interesting but you are right i i don't know if i've noticed the watercolor thing anywhere besides flashback panels so that could just be a a nice way to like give the illusion of like you know age like it's that we're, sort of a thing yeah now yeah, that we're in uh drago's memories rather yeah. than anything currently occurring yeah but and that's uh, also we, where uh, the... drago is um filled in uh like incompletely like they're like scribbled in as opposed to just like a black fill that's another thing that she uses uh in flashbacks oh. that i just oh noticed. yeah i see that yeah. yeah i see it now yeah there's just some smart little choices that she makes here to to help uh, convey stuff without like spelling it out to you that is just really okay. really smart comics work anyways continue <laughs> all right this uh, flashback we're talking about we just kind of see kind of establishes that uh the witch sends drago out to like retrieve whatever um mcguffin and then she just gives it to somebody else with no thought <laughs> like yeah hey this will help you in your quest and drago's like do you know what I went through to get that? And she's like, I'll just go slop the hogs. And he just, and, and she just like walks off, like doesn't even like acknowledging being kind of crummy to this little kid. Cause like at this point, it's like, how many years has it been? When are you going to get over it? <laughs> I also like the image of the little vampire up on the on the fence just resentfully throwing food to the yeah <laughs> to the pigs and i love that but, they don't um, they don't have uh eyebrows unless they're angry <laughs> well they're perfect for that just yes. having yeah so anyway they start their lessons and um it's all just subterfuge so Drago can look through the books and try to find the grimoire. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Just pulling stuff down is like, I want to look at your books, you know? <laughs> and she's like, um, can you maybe look at them nicer than that? Or <laughs> we can do that later, but you need to pick up this mess. So then like resentfully picking up the mess <laughs> and stuff. But um, all the kids are like genuinely interested in the magic and yeah, they like uh, they like grow a beanstalk in a uh, in a tea, a tea cup, and the yeah. other two kids are like, no, "Oh my gosh!" And the like... dragon's just like, "You know, you can grow those in dirt." Yeah, you can grow those in dirt. I genuinely laughed out loud at that line. Yeah, um, and then they get together with some of Aisha's other students, and they all summon a little imp, and it's the gooberiest little imp. That just sticks around oh. for the day, and like he's just just very disappointedly feeding it mac and cheese because they don't know how to get rid of it, and then it watches movies with them, and then they let it go free in the woods while they're having a picnic, and it's all very good. I liked the part though when they're like, "Are you too baby to help us summon an imp?" No, we are the least baby. <laughs> Just really, really good lines. And yeah, and the imp is really goofy looking, but like, I like that about it. Yeah. And, um, but you know, the, the good time is interrupted by this time a raccoon showing up like, hey, you're supposed to be finding a book, not hanging out with imps and witches and like 
fitting at mac and cheese and stuff. So, like, get a move on. So that kind of puts a damper on, you know, all the fun that poor little Dragoslava was having. But I do like that Drago's like, are you a message raccoon? Or just a raccoon that can talk for some reason? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, as they're leaving the woods, we see that one of the crummy bully kids is pointing out like the little vampire kids to Sarah's coworker, who's just who's all like, hmm, just as I feared. You know, it's this very like villainy moment. So you're like, uh oh, what's going to happen here? Oh, part of getting I, I forgot this when I was first reading it, too, but part of the. Getting the grimoire back as he's as um they're supposed to get the grimoire back and then curse whoever took the book, but they're all three of the kids kind of don't want to go through that last part because they all like you know Dragosov is trying not to like anybody, but like Aisha's very easy to like and none of them really wants her to get cursed, so they're kind of reluctant to go through with it um, yeah like drago's the only one really pushing to like complete the quest the other two are kind of like well they yeah. don't want to turn into worms yeah <laughs> you know we get a, a a flashback at the end of that chapter uh when quintus is like hey the next time you uh go traveling i want to come with you and i think that we can like you know team up and stuff because the world isn't too keen on kiddos but you know, uh, together we can do stuff. And he's like, if anyone is unkind to me or you, I will bite them and drink all of their blood. And Drago's just like, I can bite my own battles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they kind of have a little bit of a scrap fight about it. And Drago's like, you're bad friends. And then just kind of like marches downstairs and starts ripping all the books out of the shelf again. And um, the, the way it's drawn reminds me of the uh, Pingu cartoon that I always see memed all the time where like the little penguin is like putting together a Valentine, but scowling while they do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it, it just looks like that. Cause like Drago looks pissed off like throwing all the books around trying to find it and scowling at this book of like magic bread (laughs) and um aisha of course sees this happening because i can't imagine this is quiet and um she has so much and then they start like she's so nice (laughs) like i i just started kicking stuff i'd be so mad Uh, like all my (laughs) books my cat knocked everything off a shelf once and i was furious if some little vampire kid, like, pulled everything off my shelf, I'd be so mad. So, anyway, uh, the two of them are picking everything up, and um, Drago asks Aisha where she learned to be a witch. And she's like, long story, how'd you become a vampire? And Drago's like, it's also a long story. Don't you want to hear it? Because <laughs> there's, like, this pause where, like... <laughs> you know what they look stuff. like when they're when when they're in profile like that? They what? look just like Calvin. Calvin? <laughs> yeah, from Calvin Hobbes. That's the same sort of expression yeah. that Calvin would get when when he's, like, d- very excited to tell something to, like, his parents. And they're just like, the, not yeah, now, that, Calvin, but he's up. like... 
That's also what very Calvin also like, don't you want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> so we find out a little bit about how Dragoslava originated, like the, uh, lived with the, they lived with like a little family in a castle and we see like a little picture, like they're all like little round face. <laughs> the mom has a round face too. <laughs> and, and, it, they just look very sweet. But Dragoslav was like, uh, yeah, we, you know, we sat around eating baklava and pancakes, but then we all became vampires and it was cool and great. And you just have a feeling that it wasn't really cool and great. Yeah. And, um, kind of, and then kind of starts talking a little bit about, um, meeting Quintus when, dun da da, we find the grimoire. And Aisha, Aisha takes it away and is all like, that's cursed. Not sure how it got in here. Uh, we're going to put that aside. It's, it's really advanced magic that, and it used to belong to her old mentor, the woman who taught, uh, Aisha witchcraft. And Dragosla was like, please, I'll look at it. I'll be careful. And Aisha's still like, no, we're not, we're not doing that right now. And then literally, uh, it's almost literal, but Dragoslava basically is like, bitches say what, and takes off with the with the grimoire anyway. Just like, <laughs> just snatches it out of her hands <laughs> and runs away. <laughs> and, um, Aisha goes running after, and then like the other two kids wake up and they're like, what's going on? And then they have this collision and, you know, it's a magic book, so... They all collide and then end up inside of the book where it's daylight and no one's getting killed in the daylight. So that's kind of nice. <laughs> and I like the art style of like what it's like inside the book. I don't know if you want to take a stab at describing it. Um, no. No? Okay. <laughs> well, it's it's got... It, <laughs> you know it, more about art than me. It it has a couple of elements of it that are reminiscent of um uh pieces that would be very familiar like like the uh, the sun is very much like a design like a compass rose sort of a thing um yeah and um the plants and stuff are definitely not like native to where they would be it's very much like a a mishmash of sort of tropical imagery with like like it's there's nothing that's like explicitly fantastic it's just like this doesn't make sense in context sort of a thing and that's what gives it that little bit of like strangeness that helps illustrate yeah. that it's not um you know it's not the real world and later on we see that like the like the day the when the day becomes the night it's one of those things where it's like literally the night is just like a different part of the sky that kind of pushes in um so it does have that sort of like uh it's like a almost like a two dimensional element to it in that way, um, but it's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, it's um, also the first uh, the first part of the story. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it's the second part of the story. Um, but there are only a couple times in the story where the uh, the art bleeds past the borders of the um, like. There's like a half inch border around the pages most of the time, and the uh, the panels are very square and consistent for the most part, but when they collide and head into the uh, uh, the book world, it it bleeds past that, and uh, 
we see a couple more scenes that occur with that later on um and it just kind of like it's a nice way to like disrupt the reader and be like hey this is very different it it just helps sell that more see i knew you'd be able to talk about the art dude i yeah i'm i'm a comics nerd the technical aspect of comics is like so fascinating to me so so the other two kids are like not thrilled to be in the book particularly um Estley, who's like, why don't you ever just stand up to this witch? You'd rather like treat us like crap and bring us along on all your chores rather than tell her to, you know, shove it. Then shoves over poor little Drago's lava and says, you ruin everything. Both of the kids end up in tears and they're crying blood. <laughs> Which yeah, is that was really funny. <laughs> And even the sun in the corner is like, geez, kind of like watching this. Yeah, the sun's got um, a, a sassy little face. Yeah, kind of very, very judgy. And then we like, um, end up back in, in like another flashback where uh, Quintus and Dragoslava like get in a box on a ship. And then it looks like the, the ship like crashed or like sank or whatever. And they get shipwrecked somewhere and that's where they met um as Es with her little chicken feet and um uh helps the kids go the vampire kids go to um what is this it looks like a mission it does look like a mission yeah yeah so helps the kids go to a mission and uh to get away from the daylight because the, the sun's kind of like a purple or the sky's kind of like this purple color so like the sun's coming up and they don't want to get fried so it's like they're like okay uh when we leave we'll, we'll, you can come with us and we'll make you a vampire and um Esley goes along with it is like okay i'll think about it and i guess we just don't really know that much else about her really i don't think she's got parents because she kind of makes a reference to like the nuns that live in the area yeah we we get very little direct i i would guess based on context clues that she probably is part of like a a latin american population that's been you know colonized and that that would explain like the mission and stuff so it's entirely possible that her family she may not have much of a family anymore, depending on how that uh, colonization process went. Um, Probably not great. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's where my mind was too. So, um, Dragoslava runs off on their own and is kind of pondering, like, am I really that bad of a person? And then was like, of course I'm a bad person. I'm a vampire. And then we think at first it's the witch that happens upon Dragoslava, but it's kind of her, but also not. Um, it was like a part of herself that's like in the book. Is this like a horcrux? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I think it's the. I don't know if it's actually explicitly stated because it does talk about the the ingredients of creating this book, but um, I think it's just you have to you do have to put a bit of yourself in there, and so it's it's kind of like um, you know, 
it's just a a, a memory of her. So uh, it's yeah. But yeah, a Horcrux honestly is not that far off. <laughs> so the this like witch avatar, I guess, uh, talks. So they talk about like the witch hating Dragoslava, and the book witch kind of has more insight into the witch's personality than the poor little kid does, and it's just like. Uh, you know, everything she does is pretty much motivated by fear, and she doesn't like people that uh, she feels like their power rivals hers. And Dragoslav is like, what power? <laughs> and um, also, like, Dragoslava explains, like, feeling, you know, a lot of pressure, like, they're worried about, like, what'll happen with their own curse versus cursing Aisha and, you know, upsetting their friends further than they already have at this point and is all like I'll just stay in this book forever <laughs> and was like do you have blood to like the book witch he's <laughs> <was> like no <laughs> and uh, the book witch advises Dragoslava to stand up to the witch and uh, you know stick stick with your friends and then like Dragoslava goes back to the others and is like okay I'm back and Esli apologizes for saying you ruin everything and, and pushing them over. And Quintus give you know, is like, hug it out, bitch. And they and they hug it out. And Aisha's like, Okay, so I guess that you know the witch of Elmira. And Dragoslav is like, She has a name <laughs> <laughs> Which is like finding out like your teacher has a first name. Yeah. Or <laughs> your mom has a name. <laughs> you know. And Quince is like, you've known her for 500 years and you didn't know her name. And they're like, she never told me, okay? Aisha reveals that she did take the spell book. And she's like, but my actions were totally justified. That um, the witch was like, manipulates people into doing exactly what she wants. And while at the same time being like, oh, I'm, t I'm teaching you a valuable service. But uh, it took um Aisha a while to realize like the cost of what the you know the knowledge was the final straw was like the there's these little these silly little gnomes I love the little gnomes the gnomes were supposed to fulfill something for a bargain and they didn't do it so then they have to pay you know by being killed and like Aisha tried to like argue for them and she's like okay what, what do you want to offer me instead and so the witch asks for memories of Aisha's family in payment of the little lives. And we kind of get the feeling that Aisha already has like kind of in a bad place with her family. Um, it doesn't state explicitly, but I have a feeling it's because of her sexuality. She is a, is a lesbian and her family probably didn't wasn't super happy about that so the chance to like kind of give up the pain of that would be you know tempting but at the same time you're also getting rid of like all the good memories too yeah i think when so, she's thinking yeah. about it in that transaction she's really thinking about all of the the bad stuff because like all of the imagery is like we're being chastised for poor grades and yeah, I, I think it it does kind of imply that there's a that you know her coming out didn't go over too well, but it's like you know in that moment 
you might not be looking at the full scope of it of like it's a complicated relationship there are still a lot of good things in there um and you know deciding to wipe it all away is like that's a really rough place to be in yeah yeah and uh aisha said that she's like you she'd been using the book to kind of reconstruct the missing memories and trying to rebuild her relationship with her family and, and then hearing this story Dragoslava goes bummer right at right before this story when she admits to taking the spell book there is a one panel gag that has nothing to do with anything which is just Drago emptying their pockets and saying it's okay I steal a lot of things and they just have they have a toothbrush and a pocket knife and two different keys and some lipstick and can't even slick. You've just been walking around Sarah and Aisha's house just taking stuff this whole time for no reason. <laughs> for no reason. Just Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 a fun character. <laughs> so then Aisha gets them out of the book and when they show up back at the house they find Sarah on the ground covered in blood and Aisha doesn't know what happened and is like all this blood's from like a packet it's not, not coming from Sarah and there isn't anyone else visible and like Quintus tastes the blood and is like it's laced with garlic so essentially Sarah's been poisoned and Aisha's not really sure how to administer first aid because this is a you know Sarah's an undead creature what do you do and uh so the vampire kids are like well she needs like decent blood and everything in the fridge they've uh, everything in the fridge was like tainted with the garlic but there were some older packs that are still good that don't have anything in it so they feed that to Sarah to help her out and uh they're wondering if this was uh Aisha's like well did the witch do this and Drago's Law was like I don't I don't think so I think we're dealing with something else and Quintus is like oh god it's a vampire hunter and then there's like all these (laughs) you see like these Van Helsing type people (laughs) chasing the kids all through history (laughs) (laughs) I mean I shouldn't be laughing but I think it is kind of funny and um well they made it so like it can be fun yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> these people probably didn't survive. So they're just, like, kind of fretting about, like, okay, what do we what do? we do? And then the vampire hunter shows up, and it's Sarah's co-worker from the restaurant. I already forget. Rhonda, that's her name. <laughs> I like that, like, you were so nice to us before. It was a ruse. I despise children and vampires. So child vampires be the worst, right? (laughs) So Rhonda's getting ready to, like, take them all down and is like, I I don't want to hurt you to Aisha, but but I will if you get in my way. But, like, Aisha, like, throws, like, out her magic, but Rhonda's, like, got brute strength to, like, knock her down and then tries to go for the kids in, and one of them get, bites bites like her thigh. Yeah, they're just having this like whole fight. And then um, Dragoslava actually gets like staked 
through the chest and while they're in pain they throw the um cursed amulet that they're supposed to put on Aisha around um Rhonda's neck just as she steps back onto the grimoire so she's in possession of it and has the necklace on so that so the curse is fulfilled and I guess she's technically in possession of it just by holding it in that moment so you know um mission accomplished I guess <laughs> <laughs> and um Dragoslava has like this near-death experience or on death I don't know what we'd call it whatever happens to near life experience <laughs> near life experience and then like the entity within the book takes on like Rhonda's shape I think I don't know it's, it's also like the swamp is the monster is the world so I'm just like I'm trying to understand so I think what happens is Rhonda's effectively killed Rhonda doesn't exist anymore the, the witch's spirit that's inside the book can now take Rhonda's body as like her own vessel to then is like escape into the real world and like be her own person yeah yeah okay which whether that's gonna be a good thing or not is uh real questionable <laughs> she's got some kind of her morality is a little uh a little gray yeah she uh she says like um if you see the witch before i get the chance say hello for me and i don't think she super likes the witch either so they're all just kind of reeling after that <laughs> with poor little Dragoslava still with a stake in their chest and then we get back to, into like some more flashbacks with with them with the their mom and the mom being all like oh i'll love you forever and nothing will change that and then her eyes go all red and it looks upsetting and then we we get like a little bit of what it was like being with the vampire parents they're all in their coffins and drago's lava's like bored and cold and i don't like being a vampire and the parents are like we did this for you we all became vampires to protect you but you're weak and you don't deserve us and making you a vampire was a mistake and then you see like the abusive relationship they had with the witch as well who's like not giving them like any validation you know like i found the mushrooms you wanted and would you consider me wretched dragoslava you're the definition of the word now go finish your chores just kind of like this kind of a sad life really to kind of look back on and then the only positive thing was making their friends and um they're kind of like uh, towards the end of the fantasies they kind of end up drifting through this abyss being you know, kind of realizing like they've been alone for a long time and is this the end and i you know i really want to see my friend get my friends again even though i've haven't been a very good friend and uh then they wake up and it turns out this brilliant vampire hunter didn't even stake them in the heart like she was supposed to it's just kind of missed it it's just like enough to have like caused hurt but you know didn't puncture the heart and um I like that Quinta says, you've arisen. You've arisen. <laughs> just like, yeah. Well, just like that mausoleum that said, uh, I will rise. Yeah. And then, um, Esley being like, I'm glad you're regular dead and not dead dead. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah thanks, thanks the kids for saving her. 
It's like, I guess you never know when your coworkers are going to hunt you down and kill you. And Dragozov was like, she was way too nice when we first met her. We should have known. <laughs> Sarah's like, it's the Midwest. Everyone's kind of like that. <laughs> and then Aisha gives like the cursed necklace back, even though Dragozov was like, that's cool. I don't want it. But um, Aisha had uh, put a good luck charm on it instead. And so they're like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. And then... Um, then they ask Aisha for her phone and they call the witch to be like, I quit. <laughs> Which is like, quit what? Witches say what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, find another chump to do your dirty work. And, um... He has a chump and it's... They're just a, they're just a bunch of worms. Poor Cloudberry. So, yeah, so we see the witch like, wait, Am I the bad person? I don't think I'm the bad person. No, it's, it's it's just like, does that, am I a bad person? And it's just like that Simpsons thing where it's like, am I the one who's out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. That's <laughs> exactly what happens here, where she's like, no, Dragoslava's being a petulant child as usual. Well, what I think is funny is that she decides, no, she's not a bad person. But when Dragoslava asked it, they were like, yeah, I am. And so I think that that's just an interesting comment on, like, how good people with insecurities will convince themselves they're not, you know, as good as they actually are. And awful narcissistic people, you know, believe they yeah. can do no wrong. And it's just about well, everyone, know, just not having perspective. Yeah. Everyone's the hero of their own story. So that's just kind of how it is. And anyway, so the witch is kind of just sitting there like, meh. And um, Dragoslava gets to hang out with all their new friends and doesn't have that bad job anymore. And was just, and is like, oh, should, should I have given her a heads up about Rhonda? And they're like, ah, uh, no, <laughs> she'll figure it out. And then it kind of closes on just kind of hinting at that there will be a, sequ- a sequel with and infinite chances to hang out with your friends. Yeah. So, and it's like all snowy outside and nice. Yeah, they all go out to play in the snow. Well, they're playing in the snow. The adults are shoveling the walk. Well, you know, that's how adults play, right? Yeah. They do chores. It's really fun. Yeah, chores are the funnest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was it. I, just, I don't know. I had a lot of fun reading that. It's really, really cute. I haven't read much this year, so it was just kind of nice to just read, like, oh, I don't know how low stakes it was. I didn't feel stressed reading this, so I guess it's low stakes enough for that reason, but. I have been reading a lot, especially graphic novels lately, but I think the ones that I've been reading have tended to be a bit more, like, mature, gritty, so it was nice to have something that engaged other emotions. Yeah. I want now, like, every piece of merch that has Dragoslava's face on it, especially the scowly eyebrows. Like, just, like, a nice sticker to, like, slap on my laptop or something. You know, a thing's good when I want to spend money on more of it. Googling to see if there is Dragoslava merch. There's gotta be, right? There has to be. Like, she's been drawing this stuff for years. No, I don't want... I don't want about Twitter or Instagram. I want to give you money. How do I give you money? 
There might not be. That's crazy. Like, I click the shopping tab and it doesn't show anything. That's ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> You're like, get on it. Just go to, like, Redbubble and, like, make some stickers. And then send her all the money. Oh, no, I meant her go to Redbubble, not oh, us. Okay. Just, yeah. I don't care. I'll start I'll start a Redbubble account and make some Dragoslava stickers and then send Madeline McGreen the money. <laughs> and she's like, what the hell is this? Because you just send it and, like, I'm just picturing crumpled ones and, like, wouldn't even be once it'd be a paper envelope with just like 46 cents <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a stained like uh gallon like ziploc bag full of coins <laughs> those things never look clean no it's the people who keep all their money in those it always looks gross you just have to take it to a coin star and that's gonna keep like 15 percent <laughs> Like alternative to that, just rolling the coins yourself into tubes and taking it to the bank to transfer yeah. it. Yeah. You can't just bring like loose change to the bank. I don't think so, because then Coinstar wouldn't really be in business. I need to know someone who works at a bank so they can tell me how often they have to turn someone away for doing that while the person yells, This is legal tender. You should be giving me <laughs> my money. I think they don't actually keep a whole lot of money on hand at banks, actually, even though it's a bank. Yeah, I mean, they have to keep a, a good amount of money, but probably not as much as a lot of people would expect. Like, especially if it's like a like a credit union or something, I would venture to guess that they probably don't have a ton on hand because they tend to be smaller anyways. And it's a credit union, so they give you a little piece of paper that says, I owe you $400 cash. They could probably cash out 400 I thought it was just, like, more dangerous to keep a whole lot of more money, like, on site just for, like, security purposes because of, like, robberies and stuff. I don't know. I know so little about banks. I mean, that's that's what they want. They want us in the dark. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. Uh, I listened to a three-part podcast about Alex Jones and his oh. awful, like, I consumed a whole pack of cigarettes by eating them voice. Um, <laughs> by eating them? <laughs> it's just it's just in my brain, and it's so bad, and I don't want it there. <laughs> but it's Water's also really funny. the frog's gay! Kill the freaking frog's gay! <laughs> <laughs> it's like... The least objectionable thing he's ever said. <laughs> right. So that's the one I like, bring up. So, I, I'm pretty sure the gay community has claimed frogs, anyways. <laughs> I I didn't even know. I'd never thought about frogs having sexual orientations. Like they're frogs. Yeah, frogs. I'm not even sure they have genders. I think they're just frogs, and they're all good. I feel like there's some. That actually can change their genders. I thought that was like the twist in Jurassic Park that they used that particular species of uh, frog to fill in the uh, missing DNA when they were recreating the dinosaurs. So when they all like, oh, we created all the dinosaurs to be female, so there, you know, they won't there won't be any reproduction that we aren't aware of. But it turned out that there were because they had that frog gene in there that can change its gender then there were male ones and there were 
there was reproduction in the park, so there were more dinosaurs than they realized. Google says, uh, yes, some frog species can change their sex. So, there you go. If there's one thing you take away from this podcast about the Accursed Vampire, it's that uh, frogs are now the the official mascot of the uh, LGBTQ community. They are they're the ambassadors. A, they're gender fluid, aren't they? They are gender fluid. Yeah. And if you're an old enough a vampire, it, no matter how old you are as a vampire, even if you're a child, you're still childlike, I guess. <laughs> I I hadn't se- I haven't seen it portrayed that way very many times, because there's usually just this like very like sad jaded adult who just looks like a tiny baby, right? Because they're just like. My yeah. mind is like I'm thousands it, of years old, but I look like a little with the cherub. Vampire style, yeah. Yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking of, but um, also, uh, let the right one in. In that one, the child still behaved like they weren't any different than they were at like thirteen, even though they were like hundreds of years old at that point. Right. So this this book uses let the right one in rules or let me in rules. If you saw the American one and not the uh, was it Swedish? Yes. I'll say Swedish. Yeah. Or Norwegian. Gosh, they're the same. Uh, let's just say Scandinavian. The Scandinavian one. Uh, both are good. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see the American one. I know it's, it's got good. your girl Chloe Grace in it. And yes. And to be clear, I just think she's a good actor. She's grown up now and probably like your age or really close to it. So yeah. no I, uh, one thinks you're gross. <laughs> I have no idea how old she else. is. I was not counting down. Um. You wouldn't have to, I don't think, because like she's, I think she's in the same age bracket as you. How old is she? She is, she's 26. See? Yeah. I was just like, no, 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 it's not gross, because, like, you guys are contemporaries, it's fine. You would have thought she was pretty or whatever while you were both, like, the same age, and it would not have been weird. Yeah, it would not have been weird. (laughs) The countdown sites, let's not think about those. Uh, Anyways, The Cursed Vampire, what would you give it? I'd give it a strong four. This is a very solid four. This is the most four book I've ever read. It was very good. I feel like I give most things, I feel like I give most things four. Yeah, I mean, I've been, you know, I've been reading a lot of different things back to back recently, and I I felt like I was handing out fours left and right, and it's like, well, in my defense, I'm choosing writers that I've read before, and I know that they tend to put out good work, so, like, it would stand to reason. Like, I'm not going to suddenly change my scale because I'm like... Well, now that I only read from the best authors, I'm gonna reset it, and now their their good work is only a three. It's like, well, you know, still compared to most of the stuff out there, it's a four. Yeah, I just yeah. I know what I like because I've read thousands of books. <laughs> so have I. I'm getting close to just what I've reviewed or what I've given assigned a star rating to on Goodreads. It's like getting close to 2000 that I have yeah. on there. You probably have way more. Uh, No, because I didn't start using Goodreads until like 
like consistently that it was like after we started the podcast i think or like right before so there's yeah, there's still I'm tons of stuff i haven't logged yeah i it says i have 19 1970 ratings yeah i think i have like 1800 which or, i no, feel not like even, i've read not even rated i that's just like red even less rated and then it says I ha I give I have a three point five four average for rating stuff. Is it on the mobile or do I have to go on the site? I don't know. I'm on the site. And it tells you all that like on your profile page, like right under your picture. I have twelve hundred ratings with a three point six one average. What did you have? Three point five four average. Okay. I think all things considered, that's a pretty reasonable like I'm not handing out you know, extreme scores left and right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was The Accursed Vampire by Madeline McCrane. It was real cute. I would like to find the second one at some point. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll come in at school. Yeah. So, we are gonna continue with our current plan of we'll make an episode when we have something that speaks to us. So, we may do something in the next little while or maybe another few months, but uh, I liked having kind of an open-ended break and just being like, hey, this looks like a fun time. Let's just do it and not really worry about like keeping a rigid schedule for it. So I don't mind sticking yeah. with that for a bit. I think that was part of my problem. Anytime you make something to a rigid schedule, then it's like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah, yeah, I like, think. Then it's like a huge project. yeah. So I, I think just keeping it as, like, when the mood strikes us for the time being is going to work best. It works better for, like, you know, people who have to work 40 hours a week anyways to not have an additional okay. thing that they have to do routinely. I mean, I know we have a couple of things that once they are released, we're, you know, like, once the third Amari book comes out, I definitely want to do something on that. But, you know, I don't think that's scheduled. Is there for a date on that? I just was looking at it and there was one thing on the publisher site that said April. It hasn't been reflected the... on like Amazon or anything yet, but like the publisher uh, is anticipating that. Well, so. the publisher would probably know better than right. anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I hope you guys enjoyed and I hope y'all have a safe and uh, gently spooky Halloween season. <laughs> Look out um, for vampires when you're out trick-or-treating. <laughs> and remember, only most of them are kids in costumes. <laughs> Just stick your tongue out at them. You'll be okay. <laughs> Hello, Fellow Kids is hosted by Mara and Josh, produced by Josh. Music provided by Ben Ash. I have no idea if you can visit him at benash.com, but you can sure try. Maybe do it on a computer where you're okay with getting a virus, just in case he let the uh, the site run out years ago. If you would like to contact us, uh, you can email us at hfkpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, I still keep an eye on it from time to time, but don't expect a timely response. I'm going to stop plugging the Twitter and Instagram because I haven't posted on there in an eternity. Um, and, you know, Twitter is just a dumpster fire anyways. Um, and Instagram just has all our data. So, you know, whatever. Do with that what you will. Zuckerberg. We will uh, we'll return at some point with something to talk about. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>